he'll encourage you in this. From when I was probably 15, and then when my parents were probably 15, and when most of you were 15, the options of material, getting your hands on actual audio, or getting your hands on even written, was difficult. Nowadays, you can have any college course on anything that you ever wanted by one click called YouTube. Now, you also have to be really careful what you YouTube, because you can really get some wacko things. However, I would encourage you that while you read Scripture, look up the context. Look up the historical setting. It really brings stuff like this to life. Here's Mary. Where is Mary in history, in the story of the Bible? Well, we all know that it began with Adam. And Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden because they chose to do their own thing. And God was separated from humanity. He had a perfect relationship with them. When they left the garden, things began to go downhill. Sometimes I wonder, people go, oh, our world is so much worse than it used to be. And usually they're comparing us to the 50s, you know, leave it to Beaver, is usually what they're doing. However, think about it. Adam and Eve were created perfect, right? Perfect. Then they left the garden because they sinned. They had children. What happened to their children? One killed the other. And their parents were created perfect. Okay, I don't think our world is any different. It's just called sin. It might have the internet to power it now, but it's just called sin. And I don't care if you're from the 50s. There was a lot going on in the 50s that wasn't broadcasted on Facebook. So Adam and Eve come. Then sin begins to come into the world and it begins to populate every humankind. God looks down from heaven and goes, oh no. And he has to hit the reset button. And he picks a guy named Noah who he found faithful. And he said, Noah, I'm going to give you an unbelievable task. I want you to build a boat. It's going to take you many, many years. And then I'm going to destroy the world with a flood. He's telling this to a guy who's never even seen rain before. Right? So that was quite unbelievable. But Moses took, Noah took God at his word, built a boat, and the ark saved the lives of Noah. The ark was built out of wood. Right? Then fast forward. You've got Moses. You, well, before that, Abraham. And then you've got Moses. But we're still looking for someone to save us beyond just water, beyond just hard times. We're looking for someone to save us right down at the core. Well, there was something else that was made by wood, and that was a cross. And you come all the way to Mary's day. Now, the Israelites had set up shop in Jerusalem after coming back from being in captivity from Israel. But now, Egypt, sorry, thank you. Keep me on tax gear. I haven't had coffee enough, I guess. But a lot hasn't happened in a long time. Mary finds herself historically in a ho-hum time. The Israelites were a small nation among some really big developing nations around them. And guess what? Everyone wanted what? The promised land. And if you watch the news about over there, everyone still wants the promised land. And there's a big family feud over there over it. Right? Ever had one of those in your house? That's my toy. No, that's my toy. This is my side of the room. This is my side of the room. Nothing ever really changes. Jacob, Esau, 
Abishai had. I mean, um, nothing really changes, right? And so Mary finds herself in a time where miraculous signs, crazy things from heaven, giants of the faith like Abraham and Moses and Noah and David have long since gone. And even the other giants of the faith like Isaiah, Jeremiah, the prophets, they're gone. And now it's just ho-hum. I like how one pastor put it. I was listening to one pastor sermon on Mary. He said, Picture this. Mary and Joseph, they're engaged. Maybe they went to church that Sunday. And the priest was trying to justify why nothing has happened in a long time. Why hasn't miraculous signs? And so maybe he gave a sermon like this. Well, see folks, nowadays, because of the way we're set up, you don't have to have miracles like you did in old. That could have very well been a sermon because a priest was trying to figure out how to justify why nothing's happening. But can you can you hear hungry 14-year-old Mary's heart? She comes home from that service and she says to her engaged husband or her engaged, you know, her fiance on the ride home, I'm not okay with that. There's still more. She goes, You know how I know? Read Isaiah. For unto us a child is given, for unto us a child is born. I believe it. I believe a Messiah is coming. And today I want to talk about Mary's belief. Folks, and this is from the Holy Spirit, so listen up. It's not me. The Holy Spirit completely ransacked, hijacked my sermon yesterday. I had studied all week long on the song of Zacharias. The song of Zacharias, Zacharias was a priest. Zacharias had been a priest for a very long time. He wasn't a spring chicken. He was pushing the other side of the hill. He was old, very old. And his wife at home was old as well. Her name was Elizabeth. Now, you have to understand, Malachi was the last prophet that they had written down in Scripture. So if you take your Bible and you open it, not in the middle, because if you open it in the middle, it would probably be Proverbs. But just open it a little right of middle, and you'll come to the end of the Old Testament. And that's what the Jewish people had. And it had been three, four, even 500 years since that had been written. That's a long time of silence. A long time of silence. But if you listen to what Jane and Donna read, an angel broke the silence. Gabriel broke the silence. And I love how Luke records it. You want to know why I love how Luke records it? If you know anything about Luke, the author of Luke. So just like I told you, you should know the historical context of what you're reading. So the historical context here is that you got a 14-year-old girl who's engaged to Joseph, right? In a time where it felt like God had not spoken in 500 years. That sets the tone, okay? Well, oh, Luke, that's what I'm saying, the author. And you have to consider the author. Who's the author? Luke, I love reading Luke. Why? You would really like reading Luke too. Because he was a physician. He was a doctor. And he was a very intelligent man. And he was one who actually was a doubter. He heard all these rumors about this Messiah. 
He heard all this about this Jesus that was born and some of the stories, and they called it the way. The people that followed Jesus, they called the way. And then he heard about this crucifixion, and then he heard that Jesus rose again from the dead. He could think about all the other things, you know, a baby being born in Bethlehem, you know, a guy doing miracles. He could maybe even like not investigate on raising the dead. Although probably because he was a physician, he's like, I want to know that trick. How did he do that one? Right? You know, the whole clear, right? But, um, but what really probably got him was that Jesus himself had risen from the dead. So Luke, being a skeptic, a physician, was like, ah, this is all baloney. So what I love is how Luke starts. If you could turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. You can hear that he was a skeptic as you read Luke chapter 1. You can hear it in his voice. Because he says this, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they, ha- just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. There's a lot going on right there. First, I saw the word fulfilled. This is what's incredible to me. I bet you Gabriel, right? Because all I believe all the hosts in heaven have this front row seat of what's going on down here at earth. You might not realize this human being, but you, yes you, everyone sitting in this building, you were made even higher than the angels. That's incredible. According to Genesis chapter 1, you were made in the image of, of the most high. The angels don't have that. They have some other really cool things, but they don't have that. So I can see it now. The angels have front row seats to these people that are the children of God who mess it up all the time. And I can hear the angels now being like, really, God? You really love those people? Did you just see what they just did? Right? And I can see Gabriel going, all right, when you send in Jesus, when you send in Jesus, I was just over talking to Jesus the other day and I asked him, hey, when's dad sending you? Has he told you? And Jesus is like, no, not yet. I don't know. I'm going to wait on dad. I'm waiting on dad. I can hear Gabriel, right? Come on, man. Come on, man. But what was God doing? God, now here's the thing. This is where we could get very deep theologically. I'm just a skier and a snowboarder, so I'm not going to probably go there. But, but, for prophecy to be fulfilled. Fun things like being born in Bethlehem. It's kind of a fun one. Or not so fun things like being born in a barn. That's maybe not as fun, right? Or fun things like where he would grow up and what he would do, right? And the miracles and the people that he would see. Or how about the really, really, really not fun stuff? The fact that he would be hung on a tree. Do you realize that if Jesus came in any time and any other point in history, crucifixion was not a thing? And we know that Scripture 
through the prophets told us hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before that the Mashiach, the Messiah, would hang from a pole. That was written hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth. So for these prophecies to be fulfilled, whether or not God made it so human history was like that, or God has let human history play out and he slid Jesus in at the right time, I'm not going to go there. That's above my pay grade. Either way, it's amazing. God sitting in heaven, Gabriel going, now, 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 now. God going, no, 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 no. Oh, Zechariah's coming in. Yep, the Roman Empire's taken over. Oh, wow, yep, they've come over into Jerusalem and they're about ready to bring crucifixion. Oh, Pilate needs to be in his position. Okay, go. And Gabriel's like, whoa, Jesus is thinking, coming. And he shows up to the old man, the priest, the priest, the priest, Zacharias. Now, I was going to do this whole sermon on Zacharias and his song because this story is incredible. But this is how I got down this rabbit hole of Mary, okay? Gabriel appears to this really old priest that has read God's word, is all into God's word. He teaches God's word every week. He comes into the Holy of Holies where you should expect to see something crazy, but Zacharias has done this so many times and nothing's ever happened, so he probably thought this was an average Sunday, and he just walked into church building like it was an average Sunday. Like, I have to admit, I do a lot of times myself come in here. I'm like, oh, another Sunday. And I'm sure that's where Zacharias was at at that moment. And then, boom, Gabriel shows up. But I can see Zacharias like, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, hey, buddy, you're about ready to have a boy, and you're going to name him John. And Zacharias says what? How can this be? Do you know how old I am? Okay. Modern medicine hasn't been invented yet. How am I going to do this? You know? And, And the angel was really annoyed. And I can see it now, probably because Gabriel had been like waiting to bring this Jesus for a while because he's been hanging out with him up in the heavenly realms. He's like, do you know who's coming or what he's going to do? But no, he runs into a doubting priest. Doubting sounds actually not so great. He actually ran into a priest who thought too much with his head and not enough with his heart. And that's our problem lots of times, ain't it? We're just like Zacharias. We think way too much with our head. We try to justify things. We try to make things line up. We try to make it work. Heaven forbid we believe in a miracle. The angel said, you'll have a boy, and you'll name him John. How can this be? I am so old. And my wife, she's even older, the old gal. And the angel looked at him and said, you won't speak. You will be silent because you doubted. Have a nice day. How I got into Mary is if you read along in John in Luke chapter 1, the same exact thing happens to Mary. Mary, boom, gets visited by Gabriel. And Gabriel says, hello Mary, you are going to have a son and you're going to call him Jesus. And what got me mad at first was Mary asked the same exact question. With the same exact wording. She says, how can this be? Except for she doesn't say, I'm old. She says, how can this be? I am a virgin. 
Now, I'm getting ready for the, the angel to be like, well, you doubted Mary. Now you can't talk until you have Jesus. No. But what did he say? He goes, oh, that's okay. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. He will overshadow you. And you will have a son of the Most High. They will call him Emmanuel, God with us. It's okay, Mary. And at first when I read that, I'm like, double standard! Not okay! I'm not cool with this! But then I realized it was not a double standard. I realized, I realized who they were. Gabriel, in the beginning of chapter 1, comes to an old priest who has read God's word his whole life. And then he tells something to him that Zacharias has read many times. How many old people have been visited by God and had a kid in Scripture in the Old Testament? A lot! Sarah, Hannah, all of these stories that he's extremely familiar with. So what Gabriel was telling Zacharias was not nearly as unbelievable as what Gabriel was telling Mary. In the Old Testament, how many virgins conceive by the Holy Spirit? Answer, zero. So what Mary had to cope with mentally was not what Zacharias did, but also this. There is a very, very, very good chance that Mary had no clue how to read. It's probably actually true. Because women did not go to academic education at that time. So she probably didn't know how to read. So guess what? Mary had not read the Old Testament. All of her Old Testament knowledge had just come from going to church and what she'd heard from her parents. And oh yeah, by the way, she's like 14. And I love Mary's response. It's okay to question the Lord. I have to be careful. I'm a minister, and I think I'm held at a little bit different, like Zacharias, right? And maybe some of you haven't read God's Word. Maybe some of you haven't gone to Bible school. Maybe some of you haven't had the parents that I had that raised me, raised me in God's Word since I was a kid. So I think if Gabriel showed up to me and told me something tomorrow and I said, what? He'd be a little bit ticked off. And he might show up to you who have no Bible training, who was not born and raised in a Christian home, and ask you a question. You might go, what? And he'd be like, oh, let me show you. He might. I don't know. But here's what I think is beautiful. I love this pastor's take when he said Mary might have been to a sermon who was told, you know what? Now's not the time for miraculous signs. And Mary was hungry. I don't think Zacharias was. I think Zacharias could be a little bit like me sometimes. Where I go to church, I go home. I read scripture to get ready for a sermon, I go home. It just becomes this Christian American routine. Not Mary. Mary would take anything she could get. She was hungry. And she was expecting God to do something. Obviously, God knew Mary's heart. There must have been something about Mary that was just incredible. Her just childlike faith. Because she ends it with this. Because his answer to her question, how can this be I am a virgin, is still pretty stinking weighty. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
folks, she wasn't evangelical. The Holy Spirit, I don't think, was a term that she was probably super familiar with. She wasn't Pentecostal. She was a Hebrew. And it says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born to you will be called the Son of God. I think I'd have a follow-up question. I don't know about you, but I would. Nope, what's Mary say? I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. And when I was studying Zechariah's song, it actually wasn't that that brought me to this. It was what Zacharias's wife said, Elizabeth. When Mary shows up, and this is what's crazy about this time. Have you ever thought, it's kind of interesting, why in this story, the Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, you're pregnant. You know something? What did she do the very next verse? She ran to the hill country. Remember earlier I was talking about the 50s? And how sometimes people look back at the 50s and the 60s and say, ah, our society is so much worse than then. No, it's not. You know what we're learning in rural New England churches right now? Do you know what we're learning in Maine? See, Maine for the longest time had closed adoptions, which meant that if you put a child up for adoption, you could close it. And that means that that child could never, ever find out who its parents were and where it came from. I happened to have an aunt that that happened to. And she said it was very, very embarrassing to go to the doctors and when they asked for medical history to say, I don't know. I don't have any. So she became a legislator and she made a bill that said, no, we're going to open this up. If you're over 18 years old, you have the right to know. You want to know what's crazy? I have an uncle that's in the legislature. They didn't know they were related. He fought the bill. So you have an aunt and a nephew going crazy, right? And they were related. Why do I bring this up? See, we like to think that people are making worse decisions now than they did back then. That's not true. I have actually been finding out lately that there was a lot of gals, young gals, that would get pregnant in the rural Maine evangelical church scene. And that was such a disgrace that they would send them off to stay with a relative in New York or in Ohio or in Pennsylvania. And they would have the baby there and they would put it up for adoption. And then they would come back to this quaint little New England church where nothing ever happened. And now that Maine's opened up their adoption, people are coming back to these small little rural towns and these little rural churches and finding out, oh, you're my aunt. You're my uncle. You're my cousins. This is the life I missed out on here, Thanksgivings and Christmases and a church body. Why do you think Mary left her hometown right after learning she was pregnant? Folks, what God was asking Mary to do was not easy. I think sometimes we look at these cute little scenes down here. They're great. I think sometimes 
We like to romanticize the story. But what Mary is saying yes to is not easy because she was about ready to be the talk of the town. Oh, little Mary got pregnant outside of wedlock. And then poor Joseph, right? Imagine that conversation. Um, hey, honey, um, I'm pregnant, but I swear it's God. Imagine having that conversation. What? Joseph, he's like, all right, no. And it says he was about ready to cut the engagement off quietly. I would too if my fiance says, I'm pregnant, but I didn't cheat on you. It's with the Holy Spirit. <whistles> Cuckoo. I'm out of this relationship. This is wacko. Because I know what I've done. And it hasn't gotten you pregnant, and you're telling me you're pregnant, and it's from the Holy Spirit, I'm out. Right? What I think is awesome is Gabriel appears to Joseph in a dream. Can I pick on you guys for a minute? No choice. We'll say this is Joseph, and this is Mary. This is what I love about God. He's not dumb. Notice, Gabriel didn't show up and talk to Joseph. He showed up and talked to Mary. See, gals like to talk it out. He showed up in a vision to the guy. We tend to be dreamers sometimes. Don't you think that's beautiful? It's so cool. God knows exactly what he's doing. Gabriel showed up and had a conversation with Mary. He could have showed up and had a conversation with Joseph. But Joseph probably would have been like Scrooge. Yes, yes. You could be but a crumb of cheese or a piece of bread, a bit of undigested food. Remember that, the Marley Brothers? <laughs> yes, there, there's more of gravy than of grave about you. <laughs> Making jokes. Your jokes were always bad, right? Remember that? He goes, oh, don't mock me. You always mocked me, right? I love that movie. But he showed up in a vision to the man, to Joseph. Well, how I got on this whole thing called believe, this whole thing about Mary's belief, is when she showed up at Elizabeth's house, her aunt in the hill country, the baby in Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant, leaped for joy. And Elizabeth came out with a beautiful thing. She started with Baruch. Baruch means blessed. And you know what was awesome about last night? We visited with some beautiful Jewish friends of ours up at uh, up at Loon, and they've celebrated Hanukkah last night, and they invited us to come, which was super fun. And guess what they said? Baruch, blessed. Right? We say Baruch Adonai. Blessed are you, Lord. Right? But what but Elizabeth said, Baruch, blessed are you among women. Among women. And then she went on to say, and how beautiful, Mary, it is that you believed God. When I saw that, when her aunt says, good job, Mary, you believed God. You took him at his word. And that's my challenge for me and you this Advent season. Right? Like I talked about that dog earlier that was waiting at the threshold of a burnt down house, waiting for its owners. That's Advent. 
folks, you might only have God's word. Maybe it is because of severe loss. Maybe it is because of health issues. Maybe it is because of finances. Maybe it is because of whatever is going on here. You have God's word. But God's word is not naturally in you. You have to partake of God's word. You must look and seek him out and fall in love with his word. Now, his word's written all over every tree, all over every sunset, all over every mountain, and all over every relationship that you have. But you must fall in love with God. That last worship song that we sang, that's an awesome song. It's a great song. There's no mountain you won't climb up, no wall you won't kick down. Coming after me, you'll leave the 99 and you'll come for the one. That's God. Oh, the overwhelming, reckless love of God. Do not put that on a human, folks. They will let you down every time. Do not put that on your job. Do not put that on a relationship with a child or a spouse or a neighbor. Or do not put that on anything. That's where you go wrong. That's where I go wrong. That, 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 that song does not say, oh, the overwhelming, the never-ending, reckless love of Heidi. Doesn't say that. Sorry. It doesn't say, oh, the overwhelming, the endless, reckless love of Loon Mountain Ministry. Or of sunsets, or of jobs, or of children, or of 401ks, or our kids being successful, or not being drug addicts. Doesn't say that at all. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We romanticize the nativity. But little Mary, her seat that she had in that story, she had to hold on to that word of God and say, I will believe it. I will believe that this baby is from you, Holy Spirit. I will believe you have a plan when I have no place to have this baby, but a cow stall. I will believe you that this is your child when Herod is coming to kill all the two-year-old boys in this town and we must run to Egypt. And I'm going to live in Egypt for two years? I will believe you when my son is hanging on a tree and he said his last words. I, I will believe you. Folks, Mary's belief was incredible. There's an awesome Christmas story called The Polar Express. It is a lot of fun. It's a great movie. If you've not seen the movie, you need to see the movie. There are so many theological implications of The Polar Express. The Trinity is in it, and when you see the Trinity, you'll go, oh my goodness, it's the Trinity! Right? You'll freak out. But there's this beautiful moment, right? where the kid can hear the bell. And if you see the movie, why can he hear the bell? Because he believes. And so I have bells enough for everyone to take home. And I would love for you, and it's going to be weird, it's going to be awkward, but I'd love for you sometime when you're by yourself, in the morning, at night, when you have a moment, you can say, Holy Spirit, I want to believe. Remember the kid? The whoops. Remember the kid, right? Remember the kid was going like this and it wouldn't ring? And he kept saying, I want to believe. I want to believe. 
I want to believe. And he kept seeing glimpses of Santa, but he really couldn't see it. But then finally he did, and he rang, he rang it, and he could hear it. I challenge you, find time alone. Ask the Holy Spirit and say, like Mary, I want to believe. I want to believe. Because so many times, you and me, Christian, we're just going through this thing called Christianity, and it's all social. It's all rules. It's all just a way of living to try to keep our house tidy, because hopefully if we bring our kids to church, they won't do drugs. Hopefully if I bring my marriage to church, it won't split. Hopefully if I go to church, then God will forgive me for the times that I did wrong things. Hopefully. None of that's believing. That's just manipulating. Go home, apart from church, and apart from your spouse, and apart from your job, and apart from all the things, and say, like Mary, I want to believe. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for these things in Scripture. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for hijacking this sermon and talking about belief. So much more I want to say about belief, God, but I got all over the place. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you, Lord, would give us strength to believe. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.